This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. You can feel that chill in the air. Old man winter is rattling their chain. Maybe it's like not all the way there yet, but uh, I don't know. I felt it in my bones last week in Montreal. Snow, ice, and everything in between means there are a bunch of outdoor activities to keep you busy in the cold months. So what winter hobbies and activities do you have lined up? Jenny Bovard, Megan Gilmore, and I have some ideas. Megan is a reporter for Canadian Affairs. Jenny is the host of the Low Vision Moments podcast. Hello, Jenny. Hello, good day. And hello, Megan. Hello, everybody. So I don't mean to start this on a downer note, but I do want to offer up a little bit of vulnerability Winter really reinforces some of my isolation, and that definitely relates to disability. It's cold, it's snowy, I can't drive. It kills a bit of my motivation to grab life by the icicles. Megan, how does winter influence your overall disability experience? Okay, so the first thing that I notice every year is the number of people who ask me if I need help walking. And uh, there seems to be a concern that I cannot see black ice, to which I always want to say, somewhat snarkily, no one can see black ice. That is literally <laughs> like what it is. That is what it is. We are all in the same, same snowy situation here, people with black eyes, okay? Um, so sometimes I actually think I have a bit of an advantage because I feel like I'm probably... I've been probably like trained to walk more cautiously than fully sighted people. But that's definitely the first thing I notice is me trying to understand why people don't realize that sighted people can't see black ice either. If someone can just <laughs> figure that out for me. But besides that, no, definitely the isolation. Um, I live in Ottawa, uh, which is a beautiful winter city. And there are ample opportunities to snowshoe or cross-country ski. And we'll probably get into that later except you need a vehicle. Uh, so that can be challenging because I feel like I always have to like piggyback on other people to mm. do things. And no matter how used you get to asking people for a lift, it still gets a little bit yeah. awkward from time to times. Uh, Jenny, yeah. I, I know the question's a bit Debbie Downer, but I think a little bit of honesty off the top is at least reasonable and fair. I think it is fair to say that the winter, the seasons changing, it does influence how often, what time of day and like how I get out of the house. But I should also say that I think kind of going back to the black ice thing, it it kind of affects all of us, I think, whether we live with a disability or not. And I mm. think we should not have any shame in taking some more time inside if if it means staying safe and just avoiding the crappy weather. I don't think there's any shame there, but some like there are so many factors that influence whether I'm going to go out to that play with live description. I'm a recent convert to the theater, so I might be doing that this winter. But whether I show up to that or whether I show up to the holiday party 
there are a lot of factors. The not driving is a big one, right? Trying to rely on public transportation when the weather is miserable, waiting for the sidewalks to be adequately cleared. When it does snow, I should say we're pretty lucky in Halifax in that when it does snow, it doesn't hang around for very long. Mm. And I, too, still do not have enough friends who drive. Uh, And I need to get better at accepting and asking for those drives. But the days are shorter, too. So when it's dark, that really affects my vision when there's a lot of traffic, how I get around at night or at 4 p.m. this time of year is different, right? I bring my cane more often for sure. So there's, there are definitely like, there are real things that we need to consider. Jenny, I want to pose this question to you first, because I think I know Megan's answer, but I want to know yours. Outdoor skating. What's your vibe on doing a little skating outdoors on a pond or a river or a canal? Well, I, don't really have access, Dave, to the pond, the secluded river, the canal. I do have access to public skating venues in the city, though. Outdoor skating, I should say, is a whole vibe in itself. It's such a fun way, I find, to get outside when it's cold and to not be cold because you're in motion. You've got the hot chocolate on deck. Maybe it's a grown-up hot chocolate. I don't know. But it's something that we could always afford to do as a family growing up. So it's something that sort of I know that I've been exposed to. And I learned to skate on a kind of uneven surface. It was at a, a park in, in Moncton, New Brunswick, where it's it's sort of like a pond loop type thing, but it's in the city. And I would just learn to react to those bumps and lumps on my figure skates and kind of stick with my people so I don't get lost in the crowd. Mm. And I've continued to skate at least a few times a year there's the amara oval here in halifax and you can skate for free there and you can even borrow skates if you don't have your own oh wow and it's public transit accessible i've graduated to hockey skates they're much much faster but i do go a little slower on the really bright days and if there's a lot of people on the ice maybe i'll even take the arm of the person that i'm with but I think it can it can be accessible, and I think it might be more accessible within a city because, for example, at this Oval in Halifax, we have uh, the supports for people who are maybe newbies or who need a little bit of extra support when they're on the ice. It's a device that you can actually lean on and learn to skate. Uh, one thing I think that would be really nice is like a low sensory skating time because it can be a lot, mm-hmm. and I have bumped into people. That that's a very good point. That if it gets yeah, quite yeah. crowded, it can be it can be a little bit difficult. Megan, the reason why I held off asking you the question here for a moment is because you know you live in Ottawa, uh, not far <laughs> from the largest outdoor skating rink uh, yeah. in the world. What's your vibe mm-hmm. on outdoor skating? Right. So it is literally five-ish minutes away from me. Although, like to get to the canal, Dave, you would understand. You have to go underneath like a highway <laughs> yeah, it's actually like, really dangerous so you're just like well wait, like have we not figured out a better system okay no <laughs> um the drivers like it is understood it's a if you people who are in ottawa understand this if you come here to visit us hopefully our canal freezes this year like the drivers understand that there's going to be pedestrians in the middle of the highway but it's still a strange a strange experience um so i'm a terrible skater like i'm awful 
and I need to relearn it because my niece and nephews are 10 bazillion times better than me. And this is just <laughs> too embarrassing now. Um, but the canal, the Rideau Canal, when it freezes, um, does have a section for walking. Like you can just walk along the canal. And it is true, like, except when it's crazy busy, it's actually very peaceful and lovely and wonderful. And it is my favorite way to like just walk somewhere mm. in Ottawa once I manage the crazy road crossing thing to get there. Um, so I, I do, I do think it's lovely. I, I prefer outdoor scene like Jenny. I prefer if there's less people there, partly for ice quality, partly for crowdedness. Um, and there are some outdoor rinks near me that yeah. I can tool, like, go in the early, early morning or whatever. Like literally nobody's there and you can like just be a terrible skater and no one's going to judge you. <laughs> they usually open up a great one around city hall in Ottawa, which is uh, mm. super cool with fun lights and stuff. Uh, you know, I, I praise Ottawa a lot on this city winter in Ottawa. There's something really spectacular about yeah. watching people skate into work along the canal in the morning. Oh, yes. And then coming from the river parkway, people cross country skiing into work in the morning it's just like such it, it the, jenny you and i talked about public art in a city a couple of weeks ago i think the way in which people transport themselves to work can also really speak to the uh, to the flavor of a community speaking of local jenny you live out there by the atlantic ocean in halifax do people mess around with the ocean during the winter in uh, the hrm Apparently, people do. I am not one of these people. So I did have to do a little research on this question, Dave. But according to the Halifax Surf School, yes, they do surf in the ocean during the winter months. Their website says in recent years, apparently winter surfing in cold weather destinations has become increasingly popular. The primary reason is that for experienced surfers, the better conditions happen during the cold months. Oh my gosh. And apparently not a good time for maybe like a family surfing lesson for the first time. But if you're <laughs> experienced, the website says, hey, come come on out. Winter surfing is welcomed for Nova Scotians. So I will not see you out there. <laughs> but if you are brave enough, it's a thing. People do it. Megan, I'm not sure I like the ocean even in the summer months. How, what would it take for me to get you on a surfboard in the ocean in the winter oh like it's not happening like, <laughs> I, i'm a terrible swimmer i just think this is dangerous no okay no, like, i'll watch i will bundle up <laughs> on the on the beach you i can will cheer. watch yeah i will cheer I pretend I can see what you're doing and it'll be great. <laughs> yeah, I'll be I'll be ocean adjacent, not in the ocean in the winter. Yeah, I'll be making hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, speaking of shoulder activities and adjacent activities, I'm curious where you both land on skiing. I used to downhill mm -hmm. ski as a youth. I was never good at it, but I liked it. As an adult, I think I might actually like some of the shoulder activities, the après ski, the hot tub, maybe renting a cabin for the weekend. And I do want to give some huge props to organizations like the Ski Hawks, who have adaptive skiing programs for people from the blindness community. So circling back here, Megan, speaking mm -hmm. of the Ski Hawks, Ottawa Ski Hawks, not far from you, where oh. do you land on skiing? Okay, I did not know that they were in Ottawa, so yeah, thank you for that. Um, they're great. They do awesome yeah. work. Okay, awesome. That's good for Thank you. Uh, this is why I come on the show to play in my life. Uh, so many years ago, when I when I lived in Whitehorse, Yukon, Whitehorse has phenomenal cross country ski trails. Um, if you would like to go cross country skiing in the winter, please head to Whitehorse. In the summer, those trails are often good for mountain biking. Uh, so I was taking cross country ski lessons. I wasn't very good. 
uh, but I found it really like therapeutic and helpful and it's like beautiful out there. Um, I think I'm getting more into snowshoeing actually. Oh. I think that's going to be my thing. Yeah. I find it easier to manage. Um, yeah, I think, I think I'm like, I'm looking into getting snowshoes again. There, it does raise the question about like getting rides, but I think I have enough friends who have snowshoes <laughs> that I can just kind of like see what's going and see if they can pick me up. But yeah, I'm thinking of thinking of uh, snowshoeing and then checking out the ski hawks to see if they do like very beginner cross country oh. ski stuff. So I think they do a little bit more downhill, but I but I bet you there's some organization in Ottawa that's also working on the the cross country uh, side of the equation. Okay. Uh, Jenny, I'm not sure how many mountains you have in your neck of the woods, but where do you land on skiing? Uh, probably on my backside in some <laughs> padded pants. Um, there are a lot of things that I enjoy doing that I don't excel in. So again, don't don't feel bad about about not excelling at at downhill skiing, Dave. And uh, I. Yeah, when it comes to skiing, it's kind of like the ocean for me, where it's like, I feel like it's kind of bright out there for me. And again, transportation, I think would be a challenge. Yeah, big time, big time. But I do know a lot of of a lot of accomplished and recreational type skiers who are blind or visually impaired or have different types of disabilities. There are lots of programs, like you mentioned, uh, in, in even in our neck of the woods here, even though we're not like a ski capital uh, it's just skiing is just not something I was ever really exposed to. Like the family ski trips were not really a, a thing growing up and transportation, I think, was a big thing. Now, I have to say I did live in Banff, which is a ski snowboard capital over a winter. And I worked two jobs that winter to help pay off student loans and didn't go skiing once. So, <laughs> um, but I I'm there for the lodge. I'm there for the hot tub. Sign me up. The hot chocolate, the fireplace. I'm there. The hot tub, the sauna, the steam room, the après ski. Yeah, that sounds that sounds good to me. Hey, guys, I know it's a little early. I know it's not quite winter, but I'm sure you all are feeling it in your bones a little bit too. Thank you for offering up some suggestions to make these months go by a little bit faster and a little bit funner. Jenny, have a great day. Thank you so much. Megan, all the best to you. Talk to you next week. All right. Have a good day, everyone. That's Megan Gilmore, a reporter for Canadian Affairs, and Jenny Bovard, the host of the Low Vision Moments podcast. Coming up after the break, you'll find out what's coming up on Kelly and Rumia this afternoon on the mighty airwaves of AMI-tv. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.